Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. to the latest edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, part one of a conversation with broadcaster, philanthropist, and former basketball star, Jalen Rose. Rose was a member of the Michigan Fab Five. He and teammates Chris Webber, Jawan Howard, Jimmy King, and Ray Jackson brought a swag and a hip-hop style that changed the face of college basketball. Rose went on to play 13 seasons in the NBA. Now, He's in the midst of a successful broadcasting career. He's also established the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, a tuition-free charter school in our hometown of Detroit. We started our conversation, as two Detroiters often do. Hey, man, what up, though? What else could I say, right? What up, though? And it's only (laughs) right that I followed the OG, the fashion icon with a hoodie in a Pistons hat because we're trying to act like the Lions aren't still winless. It's a rough time, though, here in the city, brother. It's a rough time. Let's let's jump into it, man, because, you know, I've known you for so long and been so impressed with 
your uh, you know your your post basketball career. But let's let's get into growing up in Detroit and and sports and what that was like for you as a kid. Sports for me was an escape, was an outlet, and uniquely, my father was a former NBA player, Jimmy Walker, who was the number one pick in the 1967 NBA draft. So I had basketball in my blood probably before I even knew that I did. So playing in the house, taking hangers out of the closet, putting them at the top of the doors. This is early 70s, playing on the milk crate, nailing it to a telephone pole so we can have light at night, that type of thing. And so I always remember playing the game. I always remember love, loving sports. But the one thing I love about being a Midwest kid is that at that time, we played different sports based mm-hmm. on the season. So it wasn't just like, oh, I only play basketball. Like I played baseball. I played football. I ran cross country for four years in high school. So there, there was a lot um, of athletics in my life. And it, it, was, it was definitely an outlet and a change of pace for a lot of my friends who didn't play sports and uh, were spending most of that time living street life. You know, here's what's interesting, man. You just said being a Midwest kid. I had Yvette Nicole Brown on last week. She's from Cleveland. And we were talking about that Midwest sensibility that I think a lot of us get growing up here. Talk to me about what Detroit gave you. A sense of values that everything is going to have to be earned. You're going to have to work twice as hard in a lot of cases to get half as much or if anything at all. And then that becomes who we are. We start to embrace it. We understand that that's what we got to overcome. And that that challenge becomes something that we take from being an obstacle to trying to make a stepping stone. That's just what we do. Um, Like places like Los Angeles and New York, those are places that people go to to a lot of times advance their careers and or to put themselves in position to have jobs and careers and become destination places. That's not something, as you know. Um, people are saying about Detroit. They're not looking at the map saying, oh my God, I can't wait to go check out Detroit in December or in June. And so we start to embrace that. We start to embody that and we start to take it personal. And that's where the Detroit versus everybody thing is something that we wear on our sleeve. Let me talk to you about your mom and, and growing up, quite frankly, without your dad, which too many of us have to do. Uh, in my case, my father died when I was 11. So I grew up without him uh, to a great degree and your mother becomes such a large, you know, uh, beacon in your life. Give me a sense of what that was first um, with your mom. And you speak so lovingly and so glowingly. And I was able to meet her some years ago uh, before she passed. And I know, you know, the relationship and the love you have for her, but, but share with the people who are listening, you know, what, what mom was to you. Yes, sir. So I'm, I'm from a blue collar family and In the Midwest, we took pride in, and in Detroit in particular, being the Motor City and the home of Motown and and, and so many things that uh, we take pride in. Um, A a sense of, I didn't realize that we were poor because my mother never complained about it. And it seemed normal not to have a father because most of the other homes in the community didn't have a father either. So I actually had a happy childhood because my mother did an amazing job of insulating me 
from a lot of stuff that she knew was taking place out in the streets. And uh, being the youngest of four, two older brothers and an older sister, um, I got a chance to be at home with her as the, as the baby. And I remember her, her day job was a, a key puncher at Chrysler. Um, but on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, she used to work at the Shea Bowl Lounge and she was a waitress. And she worked at a couple of bars. I just remember watching her go to her day job and then watching her go to her evening job and always begging to go, always begging to go. And then to the point where she started taking me. And I just remember I started to learn to hustle too. And I was the person in there getting cigarettes from the cigarette machine, like running errands for the people in the store and in the bar, like starting their cars, brushing off their cars uh, when, when, the, when the snow is on it outside. And so I just remember we sitting in the back of her Cordova and we was driving to the house and I moved the mat and you can touch the ground. <laughs> just mm-hmm. and, and it was like the Flintstones almost like, and, and I, I just remember like I was counting my tips. She was counting her. I look at that before I was thinking like, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rich one day, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be something. And, and that's when I started to harbor um, a little like resentment toward my father that I never met because as I learned who he was from Sam Washington and St. Cecilia, the legend, um, I started to like, feel like, man, he played in the league and he doesn't want to know me. Mm-hmm. And also like, he's not supporting us. So there were times where we didn't have heat. We didn't have hot water. I grew up in a family where siblings share water to, to bathe and eating popcorn and sleeping with hoodies and scullies and stuff like that. So kerosene heaters. And uh, I just remember watching her work and her believing in me and, and, and basketball was the thing we had in common because she loved the game more than I did. She would watch anything at all times. And I used to be like, you know what, Ma? I remember I started signing my autographs as Dr. J when I was in fifth grade. I was like, I'm, I'm definitely going to the league or whatever, whatever. And then a few years later, I started telling her I was going to be the greatest of all time. And then our joke was like, yeah, but you'll never be better than Magic. And so that was, that was our that was always our joke. That was always our inside joke. And so losing her in February and uh, really uh, fortunate I've been able to accomplish so much while she was here, whether yeah. it's, you know, founding JRLA or making it to the NBA or, you know, my jobs in multimedia. You know, my mother was my my biggest supporter. She knew when to pat me on the back and knew when to kick me in the butt. So. I'm forever grateful for her influence in my life, and I'm definitely doing everything I can to uplift her legacy. I want to get to your dad because here's what's interesting. I, I told you I lost my dad, sudden heart attack at the age of 11. I remember doing an interview and sitting down um, with Kevin Hart and him talking about the relationship he didn't have with his father. And down the line, he had one. But so many of us have to grapple with that. And it wasn't until recently, very recently, that I realized not having my father in my life, and I had great male role models, but not having him has affected me, you know? Um, And and my best friends, their fathers were surrogate fathers to me, but it's nothing like your old man being in your life. Tell me how you believe, because you did get a chance down the line, while not a great long relationship, you did have conversations with him, but... How do you think that's affected you? 
as a man? I think, uh, I, I, first off, uh, to be frank with you, it, it made me not want to create another broken home. That's the first thing, because there's nothing that makes up for time. And there isn't enough time in a day when your parents don't live in the same house. That, that right there, that, that just creates an entire dynamic for a young person to have to navigate a single parent mm-hmm. situation. And for me, um, he was also famous. You know what I'm saying? And I played ball too. And so it was the gift and the curse a lot of times because I used to hate when his name would come up because he wasn't in my life. And whether it was positive, like, oh, your dad got game or it was like, oh, your father a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just became a conversation that became something that used to start a lot of altercations, you know, um, that that topic. And so. I started to realize that I didn't want to create that. And when I turned 28, I did. Mm-hmm. And I had my oldest daughter, Mariah, with their mom, who already had a seven-year-old son, by Andre Rising. And even though we never got married, he's 30 right now. He's killing it in crypto, shout to D. And my oldest daughter, Mariah, who's now 21, and my youngest daughter, Gracie, who's 15. And with my youngest, um, we weren't necessarily in a relationship. I think I was kind of going through a sports midlife crisis. I was getting towards the end of my career. I feel like I wanted to have a junior. You know, the name Jalen is popular. You know, I got to have a junior. I want to have, you know, uh, a relationship with a biological son since I never met my father, that type of thing. And so we have my second daughter and Gracie, who, by the way, plays the state championship in volleyball in Atlanta this weekend. She's killing it. Um, I love them and vice versa dearly. But how it relates to my childhood is I see the pain over the span of their lifetime Mm-hmm. and or disappointment or frustration in me for one thing, time. Because here's the pie. If you live in the same house and you're a working dad, there's still times where your kids and your significant others say you're still not there enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? That, that just, that's, just, that's just what comes with somebody that has a career, that has a job, that is an entrepreneur, like whatever you choose to do. So now say those parents aren't together and y'all live in the same city. Well, that means you probably see your son or daughter 50% of the time because you're working, they're going to school, every person has a schedule. That's just how the government designs it. If you're not together, somebody's going to get custody and that person decides where they live. And so in this case, my 50% went lower when she went to Atlanta. And so if I'm trying to start a career in media and I need to be in Bristol, Connecticut, 200 days a year and New York and Los Angeles or whatever, that means I'm missing some Mm -hmm. valuable time with my kids. And so I'm just happy that I've been able to overdure the pain of like my childhood and navigate through not knowing my father and would have been able to become 
but I'm really proud of my family and what we've been able to overcome as a collection because there were so many days that one or two getting along, two or three getting along, four or five getting along, everybody getting along. Oh, we getting together on the holiday. Oh, we ain't getting together on the holiday. Oh, we are talking. Oh, we ain't talking. And so that to me spurns that. Mm -hmm. So what I would advise to those out there, if your goal is to have kids, definitely do it with somebody you're planning on being with. That, yeah. that yeah. It's a shotgun. It's a shotgun. It's a shotgun uh, physical action, but you know it's it, the, the long term effects. You know, are can be dramatic in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's funny because at first blush you would say, "Of course, to that," but you and I both know that ain't the way it goes many times. When we come back, a lifetime of fame and the Fab Five's legacy. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. For an entire generation, Jalen Rose is known as a basketball analyst giving insight on the latest NBA stars and games. There are those in that generation that don't know Rose was a star in the league himself. They may not know he was part of the Fab Five, arguably the most famous starting lineup in college basketball history. The fact is, Jalen Rose has been in the limelight most of his life. You know what's unique about you, man? You have been famous for a long time, and I'll show you what I mean for those who are listening that may may not get that. So you can be a star athlete in high school, and you can be famous locally. Mm-hmm. But most cats don't transfer from being famous in high school to college. Correct. You can be a famous college athlete, mm-hmm. and then you wash out in the pros, and you don't make it. So your fame ends there. Mm-hmm. Not only have you been famous from high school through your pro career. But now with the broadcasting career, you have extended that fame. I think uh, Sauce Money once said it with Jay-Z, like I'm what the game made me, not what the fame made me. And that's something I got tattooed on me a while ago because you want to try to like, like keep your blinders on like, 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 like secretariat, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because they're distractions always. And so, um, the fame has the fame and fame and money equal the same um, happiness and issues. But also they both are similar magnets. Like sometimes people can assume you're rich or have money <laughs> just because you're famous. Mm-hmm. Right. And assume in reverse that you got to ha- you have money based on what you do, but underestimating what you're spending. Right. But then overall, people ultimately get mad at you for three things. How you spend your time, your energy and your money. Right. And so, like, as a high school student, I'm still living at home. So I can't remove myself from the guns, the drugs, the 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 the, the YBIs, the pony downs. Dude, like, like that, the PAs, like six, the six, six mile stonies, like all of that's still happening. Right. And for like, those not in Detroit, those were all gangs that, that ravaged Detroit for many years. Yes. And so being all American at Southwestern doesn't take me out of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and it doesn't remove me 
from that lifestyle. And you know what else? It doesn't allow me to even act like I can't be around that lifestyle because it's in my community and I can't never act like I'm too big <laughs> for the people that I live next door to mm-hmm. down from that actually take care of me in this neighborhood. They won't let nothing happen to me. I was just watching BMF. They was going into a Southwestern game, mm-hmm. 87 to 91. Those are the years I was in high school. So I remember there was a, a, a distinct um, demarcation in Detroit where people was really getting money in the streets. And, the, the, and, and, and like people are now seeing the stories uh, of so many of uh, Kingpins, the Chambers brothers, and all these people that came from Detroit. That, that was the fork in the road. And I decided I didn't want to steal escorts, tempos, topazes, <laughs> and Cherokees. You know what I'm saying? I can't act like I didn't enjoy riding them. I can't act like I didn't learn how to do it. But, but that's like when, when, when you're in Rome, you got to learn to do what the Romans do because that's a survival tactic. And so when I got to college, it just went to a whole nother level because as as you know, being from Detroit, as long as I'm loved here, like it don't even matter what the rest of the world think. Like it, when I went into the Detroit Michigan Hall of Fame, I was Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell me nothing because that's all that matters where we're from. And so when I got to Michigan, the thing that really frustrated me is that I was famous and now generating money, and I was educated, but I was broke. And I hated that. And so I'm now at school trying to have an apartment, trying to get my Pell Grant, trying to drive my, the car that my mother gave me and that type of thing. I, I can't send my bills home to my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now it's name, image, and likeness for athletes. And we, I, shout to the Fab Five, C-Web, Juwan, Ray, and Jimmy, that we were outspoken about um, not being paid. And so much so, when Mitch Album wrote the book about us, I protested it. I didn't even interview for the book. And you ready for this? I've never read it. Mm-hmm. I was a part of a best-selling book that I never read, that somebody made millions off of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as much as I loved everything that came with being famous, I hated being broke. <laughs> and so, so, and so, like you, you know, like everything is good, but it's like, yo, man, man, starving mm-hmm. right now. You know, what I'm saying? Right. I need, I need, and so once I got to the league, and I've said this recently, it, your experience is different when you need to move your mother and family to the suburbs versus when they already live there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the dynamics are way different. When your family's already, you know, nice house, nice job, nice car, everybody got their own thing going on, it ain't like, all right, now, what you going to do? You know, in this case, when you're the first generation, it's like when you walk across the stage, it's like, we made it. Right, right, right. Right. You pulling everybody with you. Exactly. And so I joke that, and not now, because I think the money is just so astronomical and the information is so, so much better. Like that, that's a period of time where almost every first generation player, you spend in 100% of your first contract. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even close because you trying to get your mother house, trying to get your mother car. Oh, I got to pay taxes on that. Oh, trying to get a show. Like, oh, blah, 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 and boom. And so um, fame and money always were two things that I 
I, I look at them like a third rail mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I, I, I see, I see love. I see, see happiness. I see like all of my goals and dreams coming true. I got a black card in my pocket. I could go wherever I want. Like, I love that. Like, yay. But then I always see it like the third rail. Like, oh, don't right. go too far either right. way because <laughs> it'd explode. And so that's kind of how I try to approach it. So much has been written and talked about with the Fab Five, man. I I, I don't want to go through that in the sense of I, I'm sure you've answered these questions a million times. And, you know, what is not uniquely talked about enough is, quite frankly, you know, the feuds are talked about and you and Chris, uh, you know, thank thank goodness that you guys have begun to to come that road back and, and, and the brotherhood is, has sustained itself finally. It can show. What do you think people missed about the five of you and what it was? You changed the dynamic and and all that's talked about the swag. Okay, cool. We got that. But I I bet there's something that we're missing that we don't know, that we don't get. Yes. We we couldn't plan an outcome of a game. We couldn't strategize winning the four championships that we promised each other we were going (laughs) to win together and go undefeated all four years. We didn't do that. But the one thing that we did do is we were smart and we were disciplined and we strategized. Like the Fab Five wasn't um, something that happened fly by night. Like four of us were at the McDonald's game other than Ray. And we arranged it to where we can share rooms that were connected by a bathroom. And we literally talked about the whole Fab Five movement and how we wanted to look different, how we were going to embrace rap music. Because at that time, you know this, like sports wasn't really mm-hmm. embracing rap. Like it started with um, like um, MC Hammer, you can't touch this in the Pistons. Man, Hammer was the biggest artist in the world. So like then it, it, you started to hear more songs than like this is how we do it or Woot, there it is at the game. And and, and, and as we came as that political voice in Storm at a time where professional athletes weren't doing it, that that's what made the Fab Five like so special. That's why I love the Ali Summit picture so much. Of course, um, Jim Brown and, and Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell. But people underestimate that Kareem was in college mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on that picture. Like those are my idols. I look to that. I I I know that that took place. I know that Tommy Smith and John Carlos took place. I know that those instances happened. So while we were in college, we wanted to make sure that we wasn't gonna get muzzled. When you watch college sports right now, they don't interview the players. Just just really think about it when you're watching college football or college basketball. They're interviewing the coaches. They're interviewing the players. Because they're muzzled. They're the mm-hmm. machine, right? And so for us to break out of that, and then lastly, oh, since we're going to be in college and y'all got a budget and I need to wear um, these shoes since y'all got a contract, don't be sending me these big man shoes that y'all send like somebody that y'all don't care about. This Michigan. Where the Bo, Bo Jacksons? Where the prime times? Where the Charles Barkley's at? Y'all need to come correct. Oh, and these shorts are way too short. <laughs> like, uh, um. Like Anderson Hunt and Derek Coleman and Steve Smith and Doug Smith all coming home from school, bringing me shorts that's down to my ankles. By the time I got to college, I'm like, oh, no, 
we're not doing this. And so like, those are some of the things that uh, the Fab Five were able to embody. And last, but certainly not least, and this is the, this is my favorite thing. Five collective brothers that love each other there and move is. as one. There it move is. Move as one. Like we, like we, everything, like study hall, um, hold each other accountable, like everything. And so people, people appreciate authenticity. And to me, that's the trait that people continues to appreciate about us the most. And, and there it is, Jalen, because the media portrayed you guys as thugs, right? Yeah. That was the image they wanted to put out there. But as I got to know you cats, I was like, these are good brothers, all five of them, right? Yeah. And it wasn't ever told that way. The team was a marketer's dream. Swagger, black shoes, black socks, baggy shorts. They set the look for players for years to come. Merchandise and other revenue streams poured in millions for the University of Michigan. But for all the hoopla, the Fab Five would lose both times they reached the NCAA Finals. Later, Chris Weber, the team's best player, would be implicated in an investigation of the university over players receiving payment from boosters. Many in the media that portrayed the team as hoods reveled in delight with every stumble. They never attempted to look at the nature or character of the individuals. I left school in 99. C. Webb and his allegations with the university didn't happen and probably to like 99. So that five-year period, it ain't like they acknowledged us then. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. like they were ready to like, whoo, oh my God, we glad they gone. How much we make? Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of how it was. And that's how the relationship was. I didn't go back once I left, but once maybe in 25 years. Like yeah. part of it was I was standing with C Webb, and part of it was like I was ostracized from the program. I was ostracized from college basketball. When you do a list of who's some of the most hated players in college basketball, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, if that's the energy that I'm going to get from that space, then I just need to, to remove myself. And I'm just happy that time can heal all wounds when you get a chance to pe- see people mature. There was just a, um, a, a, a link uh, floating on the, on, on the Internet recently, and I actually put it on YouTube. And it showed me do an interview after we won the state championship my junior year. I was 17. We had the previous year we had won the PSL in the city, but lost the state to Cooley. C-O-O-L-E-Y. <laughs> so we lost to them. But my junior year, we won the PSL city state and we was the national champs. But I saw that interview and it gave me a chance to look at myself in the mirror, really. Like, I had never seen this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Like, like now young people can go back and recollect and YouTube and Google and da da da. Everything happens real time. Da, da, da. So I had never seen this interview. So I was like, let me see how I sound to myself. And I was like, man, I said anyone instead of nobody. Like I was, was kind of, I was articulate. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I was, I was like, good job, young fella. Then I thought, I was like, how did he become a hoodlum in the thug when he got mm-hmm. to college? Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? That was a portrayal. That was a label that was put on us because we were loud and we were black and we were brash. Muhammad Ali showed us this. He gave us the blueprint. Like you can, you know, be really talented and be really vocal and be outspoken, but there can be a price to pay for it. Yeah. And sadly, much of what surrounded you all and the controversy and the questions were just college sports in general. Yes. It didn't come along with you all. It didn't start when you got to Michigan. That has been the game that the colleges play and the universities play. They're, they're the foil in all this for me. Yes. It's not the athlete. It's the NCAA and the colleges and the university that give it and allow it to breathe, and then they walk away when busted, period. How about this? Name, image, and likeness now exists for collegiate athletes. Before it became something that was legal, how many coaches did you see stand on a table like John Thompson did Prop 42 with a mm-hmm. towel over his shoulder and walk off and say, I don't like this? They still was collecting their money from the school, from the shoe company, from TV, from radio, they, uh, endorsements, appearances. Like they were still getting all of their money. And so for us to have the nerve, in a lot of people's estimation to mm-hmm. come out and speak on it like, oh, if I was them, they should just shut up and be happy they got a scholarship. You know, I'd do anything to have a scholarship. That's not how the United States of America works. I should get paid for my talent, whatever it is, whatever my age is. The only people that don't get paid for their talent before the rule change was scholarship athletes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that, and they knew that was wrong. We know it was wrong. And, and now they've tried to rectify it. But if you notice, it's already been minimalized. Yeah. It's already been minimalized because here's why. They're not going to truly turn you on to their sponsors. That's what it is. And so that's what kind of frustrates me about my Michigan journey. Because I'll tell y'all something. If I wanted to get paid, I would have went a couple of places, not Michigan. Join us next week when we talk about Jalen's NBA career, battling Michael Jordan, becoming a broadcaster, and his top three players of all time. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play are you still searching for your perfect place to call home well now is the time to buy at fisher homes if you're looking to move in before the end of 2024 may could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end if you're hoping to move in even sooner fisher homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you where you can start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.